2: Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Hank Haney podcast. Today, my guest is one of the best teachers in the game of golf, one of the best teachers in the history of the game of golf. He's been one of the top three ranked teachers in America for over 25 years. He's a member of six Hall of Fames, including the World Golf Teachers Hall of Fame. Uh, Also hear him on Sirius XM. As the number one golf school in the world, and he is none other than Jim McLean. And I'm excited to have Jim on the show. I always like you know, trading thoughts with him. He's somebody whose uh, career in teaching that uh, you have, a, have to have a lot of respect for if you're in the game of golf and have been teaching for as long as I have. So I'm excited to uh, trade some information and uh, share some thoughts and hear what uh, Jim McLean has to say. All right. So Jim McLean joins me now on the Hank Haney podcast. And Jim, I appreciate you doing this. It's uh, always uh, fun to talk to you. You're one of the greatest minds and have been in the game of golf for a, a long, long time. Uh, top three teacher in the world for over 25 years. So that's uh, that means we've both been doing this a long time, doesn't it?
3: It does, Hank. And it's uh, nice to be on the show with you. I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, we both had a few injuries these last couple of years and uh both both coming out of it right now you've you got a lot a little more going on than me right at the moment but yeah we've both been teaching a long time uh been through a lot of things in this uh golf environment and uh, it's good to be with you today
2: yeah i appreciate it well yeah i, I just had the i had the double knee replacement <laughs> Wow. I mean, I know I, t- I text you. That. You go, oh my god! And then um, I had the back surgery in February, which you know that's that's no fun. You you had that this year too, right?
3: I did. Well, last year I did. I had three back operations. Oh my god! And yeah, t- you know it takes a long time. It sure gives you an appreciation for the guys on the tour that have, uh, have done the back operations and have come back, which have been quite a few. And of course, the fusion with uh, Tiger to see him come back now. It, it's inspiring for you, you and me and all, all of us that have had a back operation that uh, you can still go out and play this game.
2: You know, OK, let, let's let's talk about that a little bit first. I, I want to get into golf schools and everything else. But since since we're on the injury uh, subject and and uh, there's a lot of golfers our age and, you know, it's a, it's a prevalent thing on the PGA Tour. Now there's more guys going down like every week, it seems like. Um I can, you know, I can see a lot of times when, when guys' golf swings look like, okay, that guy looks like he's going to hurt his back. I mean, they got some, you know, the kind of reverse C thing going, going on, or you can point to other areas and you say, well, you know, this guy's done a lot of things off the course, you know, gym wise or whatever that probably puts his back in, in jeopardy too. Um, you you always looked like you had a, a golf swing that was really one that would never hurt your back. What? How how did how did your injury come about?
3: Well, yeah. So there's a lot of things, obviously at my age that have happened in your life, like car accidents, which I've had a few of those. And, yeah. uh I played all sports as a kid. I did. I had some injuries in basketball and some football stuff when I was younger. So you know, you just wear things, and also. When I was younger, I did. Um, I worked with Ben Doyle quite a bit and did a lot of uh, the golf machine as it was taught and most still taught by most people, where you stay in your posture and you stay underneath the ball and you have a, a very little lateral motion or, if any. And um, you know, I did that. You know, I've done things. In my I've tried everything in my swing. I believe Hank. You know. Yeah. And I, I did some things that definitely w- would hurt your back. And then I hit a lot of golf balls and there's a lot of repetitive motion and. As you said, you're seeing, I see more guys, you know, my age, you know, I made it a long, obviously a long time uh, doing, doing some things that probably weren't great for my back for sure with the golf swing. But, um, you've seen guys going down to, to this Jason day right now. Uh, I find this very interesting, um, where they're actually criticizing his swing now. Kind of. Funny.
2: I know. I, 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 I saw, I saw that too. I, I'm like on Twitter the other day and I'm like, yeah. I mean, he he does have a little bit of bend back, and I I, I guess I can see the um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little abruptness to the way that he stops his finish. You know, it's a little it's a little kind of recoil thing on there. I mean, but it was interesting that the the one of the tweets i saw and the person used the example of fred couples and how loose he is at the finish well i mean he's had one of the worst backs ever so i mean i mm-hmm. how, how can that be your example i <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, I didn't i didn't get that what did you think what did you think of that
3: well i i know jason pretty well he he lived on my that little course i had in in fort worth for four years and practiced there all the time but one thing that jason does that some people don't know is really tough workouts. You know, yeah. he, he really does some hard workouts and, you know, I think some of the guys push it in my opinion too hard on the, on the workouts where they can uh, they end up with a lot of things happening. I've heard uh, about a number of guys and, and people I know that have fallen off the ball and snapped, you know, to hurt their knees and, and uh, trying to do really tough workouts. And of course, you know, better than anybody of, of, Tiger's workouts. Some guys can do a lot of weight and do a lot of work, uh, and, and have it expertly watched, but you could be, you got to be a little careful with that. And I would say Jason day has probably hurt himself with the workouts. Yeah, and I know a few other guys have, but he was, you know, for a while people thought maybe he had one of the best swings in golf, if not the best swing. And he's been He's won fifty million play and he's done pretty good. Yeah. Been man, number one in the world. That. But I think a lot of the modern swings, as hard as these guys swing at it, uh Ustehausen mentioned that he tried you know, tried to hit it a lot harder and he's hurt his back. But you have to. Some of these smaller guys, man, they gotta try and rip it to keep it out there.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it, the the game is 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 definitely different. I want to I want to get into that too. We got I got I got a million questions for you, Jeez. But okay, so we're, while we're on this injury thing, uh, Brooks Koepka just had his knee. Well, yeah, I don't think he hasn't had it operated on. He's had a couple different procedures on it with this uh, stem cell. But uh, I don't I don't know how that that's going. But he pulled out of the, of the President's Cup, and then Dustin Johnson had, I guess had his knee operated on on too. I mean these are two big workout guys um tiger you know his his knee operation all his back operations yeah i mean he he got injured so many times working out i mean it's like when he had that achilles injury and he was talking about you know how he hurt it on this shot or that i mean like like I'm thinking to myself, he's the first golfer in the history of the game that had an Achilles. You know, I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, <laughs> yeah, not, nobody's ever had. A, you know, He's not a no. basketball player or a football no. player tearing an Achilles. I mean, he, he he heard it doing all those box jumps that they do. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, a guy that worked out with him and he said, my ankle was hurting the same way doing all that stuff. So, so. Any, anyway, what what, what, what is it? You, th- you think it has something to do with the obviously the force of the swings today? They're swinging a lot faster, and then it's got to have something to do with the workouts, doesn't it?
3: I think so, uh, I, because when we go back to the guys uh, way back uh, th- that I knew, and you probably knew a lot of them, but Sneed and uh, well, we could just go through. Let me think uh Hogan and Snead and all these guys well Hogan had the accident but so many guys that played forever and they played 36 a day a lot of guys played 36 a day in the old in the years gone by and they played forever I don't think they ever had a knee injury or a, or in, certainly an Achilles injury and I think those are definitely related to working out um running a lot possibly hurting your knees but but there's certain things that you uh don't hurt in in a golf swing and one would be the Achilles for sure. Yeah. And I don't think anybody really hurt their knees. Although guys are working on snapping that left knee uh, that is sort of a modern idea that's possibly, you know, you could possibly hurt it doing that. But I, I think it's definitely uh, those type of injuries are mostly related to gym work.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it seems like it's an all or nothing deal now. I mean, I, I mean, I, Guys don't mind as much if they miss cuts. I mean, it's just have a big week. Right?
4: Uh, right. They're,
2: they're playing. They're playing less. I mean, it seems like a lot of the top guys play like twenty weeks last year. I guess on the PGA tour, maybe a couple overseas, but not. You know, not not like in the old days when guys would play every every single week. I mean, the, the game has changed so much. I mean, just a, I guess a bomb and, and and gouge. I mean, you know, and and just hit it as far as you can and go go find it. I mean, they play for so much money. I, there's just been so many, so many changes. What, what are your, th- what are your thoughts on on the difference of the game today?
3: Yeah, well, the ball is the main thing, but uh,
2: you've been I tweeting I, a lot I, about that lately. I've been yeah, I've been,
3: yeah. I talk about that a lot. I, I agree with. I think Tiger talked about it too, and then Jack, and then all the old, older guys I talk to, kind of are sorry to see the game go where to, driver pitching wedge to the 18th hole of Riviera driver sandwich there. And they were hitting long clubs in and the way the courses were designed, these older courses that have been great courses that are, are sort of obsoleted, which is true. The, the guys are, are just hitting it so much further than not that long ago, really into the nineties, even um, really the ball changed when Titleist brought out that pro V one you, you woke up 20 yards longer the next day. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, the ball's going for, forever. And then distance has become the number one thing. And for sure, you've talked about distance your entire career in golf. We yeah. know that good players, the great players, have to hit or don't absolutely hit the ball longer. That's a, one of the fundamentals that I've written about for a long time. I've always tried to, going back to Christy Kerr or, or uh, very confident when they were little i always said you know speed is is a big component of being a good player but now you're seeing where these uh the scientists the engineers at these at these companies are they're so great and they're able to keep tweaking things and it could be the shaft it could be the uh the trampoline effect on the driver and getting the thin thin faces or uh, doing something to the uh how the club head is built. They they always have some little way of making that ball of the club go faster. And then the guys are are more more guys are certainly stronger than than in the old days. But there were a lot of guys. Uh, I I argue that were very strong, good athletes in the old days. That uh, Jack Nicklaus or Arnold Palmer were strong guys that could could uh, move it. Tom Weisskopf, people yeah. like that. Well, what's
2: yeah. uh, my my friend Randy Peterson runs the uh, Calway uh, Research and Testing Center out in uh, yeah. Carlsbad, and and Randy said that you know they've done all, all these tests, and he said it's about fifty fifty, the clubs and the ball. That's about fifty mm. fifty where the distances wow. come from when they when they they look at it. Um, so you know, when everybody says the ball, I think I think you know myself included. I think they are including the club in there too. I mean, I just say you know everybody hits the ball a long way now. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all just the the golf ball, but it 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 definitely it definitely is different. I mean, you've always been a great player. I mean, you you had a, a great playing career besides besides teaching. What okay, how old are you now? Say sixty nine is sixty nine. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, you're five years older now. What what uh how's your distance relative to to what it it was back in the day
3: well certainly it's certainly gone down i i can still you know a lot of the speed comes from flexibility in arms i still turn a little bit but you know i'm down to you know in the low 100s yeah. you know still so i can still get it out there maybe 102 103 sort of when i'm on the track man um i got to be a little careful about going trying to go harder than that that's for sure
2: how long did it take you with your back to co- to get to playing again?
3: It took a year for me.
2: 1 year. Oh man. 1 full okay, year. Okay, so why yeah. did you have to have 3 operations?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, well we started off with the um fusion. Uh but it was uh Tiger had the fusion. I think it was a one level, maybe two, but I had a 3 level fusion. Oh man. And and uh, those tough. And then they did a uh, uh, you know, Laminectomy. After that, because he something he saw something in there, and then then they spotted another bone spur. So, like, geez, you know, I ended up doing <laughs> three operations. God Almighty, I couldn't get I couldn't get out of the hospital, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think as you're older, you're not going to recover as fast yeah. on anything. And I I hit a few shots probably in the seven month area, mm-hmm. but then then it just took. It's taken me a long time before I could play eighteen holes of golf.
2: Wow, yeah. well, just as uh, tired or so? Because I'm asking for myself too. Like when I, I I came back and started I could like hit, but I I hit and it was amazing. Like the vibration from the, just hitting any <laughs> shot, it felt like it went right up my back. Is that the yeah similar thing to you? Yeah,
3: you don't want to, you want to avoid these back operations. I think if the the strategy as a young guy now is to do a lot of really good core work, good stretching. I don't think you have to be pounding huge weight and, and doing, you know, 500 pull-ups a morning the things like some of the guys are for doing. But, uh, the strength is one part of, of hitting it long. I, I think I've been a good athlete, but I'm not particularly strong guy mm-hmm. at all. I, but I was able to generate a lot of speed in my swing, um, as a young guy, um, just, By you know we 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 use the kinematic sequence you know to be to hit it far it's got to be the shift and the rotation of your body that provides uh, a good base for you to really uh, unleash the golf club through through the through the hitting area so we got to do things in an athletic manner correctly to, to to get a lot of speed but you do get a lot of speed from your arms and and uh, the wrists for sure yeah, you can stand yeah. on one leg and hit it a long ways
2: yeah no doubt about it well you know I, through the years i see you know you always encounter people that are distance challenged and i always have said like like you were saying earlier that you know i talk about distance a lot my my statement is always distance determines your potential in the game i mean mm-hmm. you know if you're if you hit it 150 yards you can play a nice game of golf but you're not going to you know, be a, a single digit handicap. If you hit it, you know, two fifty, you can be a low handicap, but you're not playing the PGA tour. If you hit it two seventy five, you could play the PGA tour, but you're not dominating the PGA tour. It's just the, the the facts. But when when you over the years, you know, you have people that are distance challenged and then of course, you know, everybody says just the whole workout thing started. You're right. Have have you ever seen somebody uh, and with appreciably increase their distance through through getting strong. Now I've seen people that appreciably increase their distance through getting more flexible, but but in appreciably increase their distance through just simply getting stronger. Have you have you have you seen that?
3: I haven't really seen that. Um, I know one example was Brad Vaxson and he needed distance and he worked out like a maniac and and he didn't get. Uh, One mile an hour faster would be one example of a guy who really tried through that way of of doing it. Uh, I definitely think the flexibility is a gigantic uh, improvement. One mile an hour. He didn't get one mile. He an didn't hour get one. Oh my god.
2: Yeah, I see I've seen the same thing. I hear all this I hear all this pitch all the time, but I don't I never have seen it.
3: Well if you're you know if you're a young guy, a younger teenager or or in your early twenties and you got no speed and you're weak, uh, yeah, I think people by doing athletic movements and, and getting stronger, that could help help some people. But to me, I've I've gotten the speed by having people hit the 30 hard drivers at night and then i've used the swing fan with them and i just have them focus on look we've got to move this club faster maybe a little faster backswing and and just working to me working on speed which i've done with a lot of kids and a lot of people to have them appreciate you know how how the club can swing faster you gotta you gotta let go
2: yeah, I, I do the same. Th- I've done the same thing with the with the uh, backswing a lot. Of, I think a lot of people miss that. You know, you you have to have a tempo, a rhythm to your swing. You can't just speed up the forward swing. That's an interesting point you make. Speeding up the backswing too.
3: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have that idea of a, a real slow backswing, and then they're going to have this uh, explosion of speed coming down, but. Uh, you know, you don't want to be jerk the club back, but you want to build some motion in, into your backswing, some speed into your backswing, so you can go forward faster on the way through.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good stuff. All right, let's. It's a good time for a, just take a little little break here. We'll uh, check in with my sponsors, and we'll be right back with Jim McLean on the Hank Any Podcast. All right, so so Jim, I know you just got done uh, this morning with with one of your uh, training sessions, and you're you're, you're famous for, for those. You've, you've uh, trained a lot of great instructors over the years. I I, I noticed that um, I think you tweeted. I mean, you're you're, I mean, you're very proud of this, and rightfully so. That uh, there was 52 teachers on the uh, new Golf Digest, uh, what is it, best teachers in the state list that had all uh, worked for you or been been trained for you. Uh, you know, we, everybody that teaches. I mean, stuff just doesn't pop into your mind. I mean, you you, so you got to learn it from from someplace. And you know, you you've you've done a lot to really further the the game of golf and helping helping people learn to be be good instructors, so that they could they could you know in turn, as the PGA says, make the, make the game of golf better. But Let's talk about about that a little bit. Uh, the, I want to talk about the golf school business, but the, part of your your business is is your your training sessions that you're you're very well known for.
3: Well, Hank, we do a Monday meeting every Monday, and I, I do most of them, uh, which has been great for me too because it keeps you sharp as you do with your radio show and you did your certifications for, for to training so that the they can learn our, our guys can learn how to teach. And uh, one of our topics today was, are you teaching your golf swing? Um, are, are you, are you wow. teaching what that yeah. person needs to know? So we went through some, some things like that. Your first impression that you make on the student, uh, how you talk to the student, how you anticipate problems. Have you prepared for that lesson ahead of time? Uh, do you present topics to them as uh, the topics for your, that you're going to work on? Um, how, in, in which way do you film? And so we did a, a little bit, you know, probably 15 or 20 minutes on that today, which we always try to cover about, you know, opening, how to open a lesson, how to open a golf school. I had a guy do, uh, the beginning of an opening today, say 10 minutes of the opening, a young, a young new guy. And, you know, he didn't do too good. <laughs> and we give him an A, you know, I go through the room, he's yeah. at an A, B, C, D, F, and, uh, then then I'll have them rate themselves. How do you think you did in that presentation? And uh you're one of the guys really that I've that I've watched is your ability to get in front of people and speak well. But to give a lesson, you these younger teachers need to know how to present themselves and how to, to articulate their ideas and to actually have a philosophy of we you know what are you teaching? And you know, you've been very clear on what what you teach and how you've trained a lot of great instructors and that's what I try to do too and and so they have a uh, a whole bucket list of drills they could give people and then and then also what I do with them is like let me see you do a drill and then how good did you explain the drill Uh, can you demonstrate the drill could you actually do the drill yourself what what does the drill do uh, is there other ways you can explain the drill? Maybe the, you know, this guy's doing that. So all, all these meetings have some kind of uh, topic start to it. And then we, we go around the room and talk about different things. We had a, one guy, one of our guys came up, had been out to see Gigi, uh, George Gankus, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what, how his lesson went with him. And, you know, that was very interesting. So I try to get the guys to read your book and give a report on it or, or led better or, Butch Harmon or, or, you know, some top teacher. And we talked a lot also about can you be a, a top teacher without teaching a, a tour player or famous students? And, you know, we, we know there's great teachers out there that don't, don't have maybe not teach a tour player. But, you know, if you've taught some good players, I think that is a pretty good indication that you can teach well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it definitely has changed over the years. There's no doubt about it. I mean, when... You know, I started teaching. I mean, it was the Jacobs Golf Schools and the Mm -hmm. Golf Digest Golf Schools and and Toski and Flick and Peter Costas. And I mean, all the all the best teachers, you know, like yourself, I mean, they taught the masses to play the game. And then, you know, things changed. I mean, then then all of a sudden it became like it's all touring pro teaching. And I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I look at it today and I I think, man, alive, I mean, who is teaching the masses uh, to to play? Like I was, um, I was, I was talking to, I had Josh Gregory on my, my podcast and Josh mm-hmm. is, is a, you know, he, he, he kind of positions himself as a performance coach. He's got an incredible resume. He played, played for me actually at SMU. Um, mm-hmm. When I when I coached there, and then he went on to coach at Augusta State, and his teams won, you know, two national championships back to back. I mean, you went to University of Houston; that's where they win national championships. I mean, not you know Augusta <laughs> yeah. State, uh, but but I mean back to back. Can you imagine that? You know, uh, at, at at that place. But he, he he wins it. So I mean, he's he's got an incredible resume already. Works with Patrick Reed. But I was you know talking to him, and you know he 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 really just teaches good players and coaches, good players. I mean, that's now that, that's his business model, you know, and everybody's, mm-hmm. everybody's got a, a business model, but, but it's, it's, it seems like, you know, I mean, I, did, I know you do it now cause, cause you're, you still have a, a, a top, you know, golf school. I mean, you have the top golf school and you have for, for forever, but golf schools have, have changed a lot. And, mm, yes. you know, now it seems like the, the top teachers, I mean, they they just teach touring pros. I mean, do they, they? Do they? Who teaches the masses to play the game? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that?
3: Very interesting. I think that's the model that almost uh, all young teachers have in their mind, and a lot a lot of my guys, you know, they say, "Jim, you know, how do I teach a tour player? I want to teach a tour player," and that is the model that they're going after. It's a it's a tough model, Hank. It's a yeah. tough one because because uh, they're. When you go out there to teach a tour player, they're going to know real quick um, how much you know and how good you're going to be. So Josh Gregory there has, has built a great resume before he got out there and, and had a, a, a real basis uh, of uh, golf instruction knowledge uh, going out. And, and so he's, he's, he's built a model that, that a lot of kids, a lot of young guys want to have. And I think, it is great to teach a, a tour player. It's a lot of fun. But teaching the golf masses is, um, uh, you know, it's where, where I'm at. Yeah, you know, I'm teaching yeah, it is a, a lot yeah. of the, the, the uh, people coming down for golf schools. That, that model's changed a lot, too. I think most people want the individual instructions uh, much more. Uh, they don't really value uh, going to a, a, a school and, and working with a group of people but there are some tremendous advantages uh, in in doing clinics too. Uh, I went, I did a ton of teaching this summer all over the United States, and over in London too, where I did uh, clinics, your golf schools, half day schools, whatever, where, where we get more people in there. And there's a lot of value in that, where you can get a lot of information out, out to people that I think is highly valuable. Uh, so the the teach the the golf school business, I think, has dwindled. Uh,
2: why? Why? Do, why do you, give me the reasons why that's happened.
3: <laughs> uh, I
2: mean, nobody knows it better than you. Yeah. that this, this business.
3: Well, um, you know, the economy, the recession, two thousand 2010, 2011, ten, two thousand eleven. Golf's gone backwards for. A, a, it was eleven straight years. This is probably the twelfth year. Uh, they're closing down golf courses. Um, the there's the high end of in golf's doing very good. There are many more facilities now that have indoor teaching uh, bays where they can give instruction yeah, during the yeah. during during the winter time um, they have good m- more good teachers that are up north in in the northeast um, so there've been less people coming down to golf schools but as golf schools have gone away we're we're still here and we still fill them up pretty good there was a time in the 90s when the golf was was just exploded and we filled up every golf school. I mean, it was unbelievable.
2: Like how many people in a school? 30, 24, 30? 30, well, we
3: would, I, I never did gigantic schools. We, we would do up to generally to 12, but we'd okay. have three or four schools going at the same time. So we'd have 30 or 40 people, Hank, on the range, yeah. sometimes 50 people on the range oh, all the way across and um, doing doing mostly golf schools. But we, we have always continued to do um, private lessons. When I took over at Doral, I took over for Jimmy Ballard, and Jimmy had been there for 10 years, and he only did golf schools. Do you remember that? He yeah. would not give a private lesson. Right. He had to go through his golf school, even a tour player he'd make him go through a golf school <laughs> before he would teach them individually. and he really believed in you know the, having several days to work with people and really get your message across. So when I do a golf school, I've got usually three days to work with somebody and I can learn a lot in three days about that person. I can also get them on a, on a plan in three days and I know I can get them better in three days. I might, I do a lot of lessons, three hour lessons, Julie, generally when people come down, Hank to see me.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, but, but um, if I can get them for five or six hours, even in a group for three days and I can do the pitching and the chipping and we can do some putting and I can do the different bunker shots, I know I'm going to take some, um, you know, some shots off their game for absolutely sure in a golf school.
2: Right, right. Well, uh, so t- today's golf schools more. Uh, I mean, we do it more. You know, we call them golf schools, but it's all just customized I mean, kind of whatever they want. One day, two day, three day uh, individual mm-hmm. or they bring a, a friend with them or uh, you know, and it, so it's really just, you know, one on or, one or, you know, one instructor with, with two students or, or you know, a family, maybe it might be at three or f- three or four. I mean, are you doing similar things like that?
3: Yeah, uh, we have quite a th- quite a few schools that end up like that. The schools I did during the summer were were a lot of fun for me uh, because, you know, you get a like the expert coming in for two or three, four days and. Uh, we'll get people to sign up. So I'm um, almost all of those, we, we would have at least 10 people in them yeah. and, uh, I'd had that I do it with the pro at the facility, but generally I would do all the presentations through, through the golf school. Those were a lot of fun to do. And I, and, and I do a quite a few of those, not like I used to, I'll probably do probably about 12 schools this whole winter. Um, not like I was doing, you know, 35 of them in the nineties, <laughs> you know, you're just doing every, every week. But uh, I do love doing the the golf schools and, and having a chance to, to go through pretty much the whole game, get them out on the golf course, do the uh, on course lessons and uh, teaching some management skills, doing some mental training, how to see shots and do that. And it's tough to do that in a, you know, two or three while well, one, two or three hour lesson.
2: Yeah you're 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 at the Miami Billmore now right I mean that that's that's yeah. your, your 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 Florida base I mean I tell I mean obviously people can find you on your on your website yeah. but uh, talk about how people can uh you know get get in touch with you and and check out a golf school
3: it's jimmcclain.com. It's got all of our different schools. I have eight locations now, um, Hank. Hank I, we have two schools down here, one down on, the, on South Beach, Miami Beach Golf Club, and then we're located at the Biltmore. It's in Coral Gables, which is pretty tight into into Miami. Uh, it's a beautiful little community here. at uh, The University of Miami is in, in Coral Gables as well. So um, it's a great spot. We've got a 270-room hotel and, uh, a Donald Roscoe, of course, and, uh, another nine holes there that we can take people on. So, so 27 holes. But yeah, it's a great setup. Uh, I've got finally, I've got these two new bays being built right now. Uh, I thought it would have been done, uh, a little bit be- before this. But, <laughs> but anyway, we've got two big bays going in. I've got a couple teaching rooms and, and one other bay that we use right now. And we put a new awning in. Uh, so we're pretty well after these bays get in. I'll be in good shape here. For really being uh, running a first-class operation.
2: Well, wow, you, you you always have. All right, let's take let's take a a, a little break here. That's a good spot, and we'll uh, hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back with Jim McLean on the Hankini Podcast.
5: Visit LiveNation.com ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
2: All right, so, Jim, over the years, uh, you know, I mean, everybody evolves as, as, as teachers, but uh, to me, like, and when I think back of my, my teaching career, I mean, most of it has just been I don't know, you know, finding different ways to say things, finding different ways to communicate with people, learning students a little bit better, understanding, you know, the students that are maybe a little bit more challenging than others and, and ways to, to get through to them or, or certain mistakes that, you know, give inst- instructors trouble. And then you, you, you figure out, uh, better ways to to help those people, but I mean, I don't I don't think there's you know when I think back, I mean, there's not that many many things that I uh, you know I've I've changed in my in my in my teaching. I, I mean, I, I I'd like to think I I got better. I mean, when I first started coaching, I I, I always joke and I say you know I. I, I started teaching Mark O'Meara, and I, I felt like I knew something about the backswing, and I didn't know much about the downswing. But I didn't, you know, give any uh, refunds or anything. I just did the best I could. I mean, that was just yeah. kind of the way it went. But, but how how much has as your teaching evolved over the years?
3: Well, that's a that's a really good question. I think that all teachers uh, probably need to reflect on on how they've gone about having a way of teaching and to me uh i i feel like i teach a, a system which is how to give a lesson how to go how to structure what you're doing that's kind of what we talked about earlier in the show um i had a um the advantage i had some big advantages of living with guys who were great players and being friends with them their whole life as they were on the pga tour that would have been John Mahaffey, I lived with in school, won the PGA. And that, and then Bruce Litsky, who uh, won the U.S. Senior Open, but won uh, 14 tour events. And, and I lived with Bill Rogers, still a great friend of mine, who was ranked number one in the world at one time and won the British Open and won 10, 10 times in one year.
2: Um, yeah, he was he was incredible.
3: He was great for a long, for a while. Anyway, those guys, that was advantage. Then, then when I was as a young teacher, I met Ken Venturi right away and we became friends and and played, you know, for probably 200 rounds with him, but a lot of time with him. And I watched him work with Tom Watson and Weisskopf, you know, and a lot of guys would stop by with Venturi just to see what was going on and did a bunch of of time with him. And then Jackie Burke at Houston, who ended up doing golf schools with me up in my first jobs in, in the metropolitan area in New York. Um, and Jackie continues, I'm going to see him in a week in Houston, you know, Jackie Burke, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. knew, everybody knew Jackie, but he would have, you know, phenomenal ideas, particularly with Jackie on the short game and putting where a lot of guys went to see him for that. So those guys helped me develop the, my ideas. And I had worked with a really good guy starting off uh, in, in Seattle, Washington, Al Menger, who was a, a good tour player. But um, yeah having that opportunity to be around those guys. When I was my first job at Westchester country club, we had the tour event. Um, So, you know, having the chance then, then Tom Kite or Crenshaw, I played a lot with, they would say, Hey Jim, come over and watch me here. And, you know, Peter Jacobson, I knew, and these guys, I I had an entree into the, the PGA tour right away. And uh, that was a lucky, a lucky break by being in the right spot at the right time.
2: Everybody needs that. When, when did you? When did you get into really st- deep, deep studying? Like yeah. you're so known for with, with, like you did with Carl Welty.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I really got into it. I went back and, and had uh, six hours, a half a day with um, Homer Kelly, the golf machine, which was pretty interesting. And I grew up in Seattle, where the where a lot of guys did the golf machine. So that was an interesting part of my life, right there. Really. Messed me up my golf swing, right? I think that's <laughs> the worst I ever played in my life. But I, I did a lot of that. And um, then I then after that, I went to see Ballard, Jimmy Ballard.
2: Why do you think that messed up? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of guys still teach, a lot teach all that today. And, I mean, a lot of guys are successful yeah, using yeah. Well, some. That's hard to understand for a lot of people. But, I mean, what what it just, you know, he's got a fit or you get stuck in the middle. Or what? what, what, <laughs> what would you, how would you analyze that?
3: yeah I got really stuck. Um, I was a pretty good you know I, I won a lot of tournaments when I was young and, and played good golf at Houston um, uh, I started doing that some of that golf machine stuff back then right after college which which uh, the things I was trying to do was having zero move head movement you know I'm mm-hmm. staying absolutely steady. I started leaning on my left left side and then I tried to work on the lag which, you know, which uh, Ben Doyle with you know, when he shook your hand, you know, he yeah. twist his hand, yeah, and you know that. And we've done those, all those summits and teaching together. You and I have done them forever. But, you know, that lags, so I was really working on holding the legs and staying left. And I started hitting the ball about 10 feet yeah, off Yeah, that Yeah, that's
2: what's going to be my question. Like, one thing I've never understood. I mean, I know there's a lot of different ways to do things, but how do you get the ball in the air when you do all that stuff?
3: Well, that's what I started not doing. You know, I started hitting it super low and um, I hit a shot that I'd never hit before, which was a ball that started to the right and then cut. And, uh, you know, when all we, when we were young, you, if you ever hit a ball out to the right, off the toe or it started off the right, it would always hook back. Yeah. Or it Maybe it would stay straight, but it never sliced. You can't hit it to the right and slice it. But I started doing that uh, kind of low cuts, weak shots to the right. Um, I, I was also spending a little time with Venturi, a little bit of time with him at that time. Um, and, um, I just got going on a couple different, you know what it's like when you're in that search mode Mm -hmm. and you start hitting it bad and then you do start doing more stuff. But it was, to me, what was the head of the ball, a lot of bow in the left wrist. I was able to lag the club really a lot, like a lot of people that can't do that, but, um, I could really, really hang on to it. And, uh, so when I went to see Ballard later on, then he was completely the opposite, you know, trying to throw it and basically from the top release. And, uh, you know, that was kind of an eye opener to me that, for teaching. So then I was really in between everything. And, uh, you know, that was kind of where I, I started to form my own ideas by about, uh, after about five years of teaching of, of, uh, and getting back to playing good myself.
2: It se- it seems like there's there's always a spot for somebody that can uh, help people find their way back to the middle. I mean, I always thought yeah. that you know Ballard was was like that. I mean, if, if there's anybody that was a reverse pivoter or you know yes. hung on their left side, I mean, Jimmy Ballard was going to have an incredible impact on them. You know, real really quickly, or somebody that, like you said, you know, la- lagged it too much or hung on to it and never let it go. You know, he would have a, a great impact on him or, or, you know, Jacobs or Tosky or Flick, all the, you know, people that right. were more more hands and arms teachers. But I always thought like, uh, Jimmy, you know, your swing to me has always had a little, uh, you know, Jimmy Ballard look to it it's more, more through the ball than anything, not a... a and I, I know you move a little on the backswing, but not not as much as like you know, not like you know Leonard Thompson back in the day or something. I mean, you know, you never move that much, but 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 a little <laughs> right. bit, but but a little bit, you know, through the ball. That's why I said earlier, you know, I mean, like I, I, it, you would be the last guy I would think that was going to hurt your back. But but um, yeah. d- talk about Jimmy Ballard a little bit. I always felt like Jimmy Ballard never got enough credit for for his contributions to the game.
3: Yeah, he he. A lot there's a lot of guys that are saying the dog wags the tail. That was Jimmy's main thing, you know. And I've seen other teachers say that say that uh, in their teaching. Never give them any credit. But uh, I used to go down with Jim Simons, who was my roommate um, in college, my first year, and uh, he's passed away now. But um, Jim won four times on the PGA tour, and he was up. Uh, we were, we were, I was up in West Palm Beach playing in the that those club pro events and. Jim and I would drive down uh, to, to see Jimmy Ballard. Not mainly, I just sat there and watched him work with him because he was really uh, working with uh, Jimmy a lot. And then uh, Hal Sutton was there and Curtis Strange. So later, I worked a lot with Hal Sutton. I worked quite a bit with Curtis Strange too, because because I knew what they were trying to do, and uh, both of those guys could, could really hit it. You know, I mean they they were uh, phenomenal ball strikers. So that was my introduction to Ballard. And Ballard wanted had the idea of of a, a lateral move into your, into your trail side, to your right side, getting behind the golf ball. And some people, when they saw Jimmy, though they overdid it and people, people really didn't like that move. Uh, you know, it was kind of contradictory to a, what a lot of people were doing in the 1970s. And he also hated the reverse C, right. you know, hanging, hanging underneath it. He wanted you to really have that feeling that you'd, um, Take the toe of the club and his idea or one of the main things he taught was covering the ball with the toe of the of the golf club and your right side. So he would say the release was not the hands, it was the entire right side or your trail side, uh moving, you know, through the golf ball.
2: That quickly fixed your golf machine, deal.
3: It it did. Yeah. And I really started hitting it good. You know, I started driving the ball really good again and he got me back i probably did a little too much of that for a while you know you'd always feel like it was exaggerated but then you'd look on the videotape and it really didn't you know didn't look that bad uh, or 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 like you were exaggerating as much as you thought but i was coming from a kind of a hanging over the top of a reverse uh, backswing moving into that so that was a good that was good for me and of course at the same time i was working with venturi who also liked that little move you know, the little Hogan move, almost a little drag takeaway start where you, you, uh, same thing as uh, Jimmy. He hated to see any hands early in the backswing.
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: I was going to talk to also that his big thing is uh, another big thing was the verticals going up and down. He really loved that to that feeling of pulling up out of the ground. And he was way ahead of his time on that as well. Hmm. And everybody's talking about that. Now I don't really like that idea, Hank, of the people saying they're, you're trying to jump through the ball. That's a, to me a little—that's t- I mean, a term I would never use. But um, a lot of I, a lot of stuff. Looking at um, Justin uh, Justin Thomas and some of the guys that are really going, really. Yeah, go they all do.
2: Really do it. I mean, I watched that long drive contest the other day. I saw oh, it. I yeah. was <laughs> flipping through uh, somewhere, and I, you know, the stations, and I, I mean, everybody's like airborne. I mean, it's like amazing.
3: Yeah, so guys are coming off the ground. When I taught Lexi Thompson uh, a long time ago, I taught her forever. She started our school when she was eight. Uh, but when I worked with Lexi uh, one-on-one from the time she was 12 till she was 18, um, her left foot would come up off completely, almost completely airborne, and then come backwards. And um, I, I never changed that. And at the commentators, when she started playing tour events when she was 14, they, you know, when they slow things down, they say, Oh my God, you know, look at her left foot's moving. And, yeah. um, but I was just looking at the path of the golf, you know, how the club was going through the speed that she could swing a golf club, that her ability to hit the center of the club face. And I said, you know, whatever the foot's doing is um, I think is, is providing leverage for her. her dad talked to me and some people said, Hey, you know, she's never going to be good with her left foot coming or heel coming off the ground. But I just Told them, I said, "Look, Bobby Jones' heel came off the ground. A lot of guys I've studied in in the, in the past that that left heel comes off the ground. A lot of ladies, for sure.
2: Yeah, a lot of times in in instruction, I mean, there's a couple things that that you know you, you notice over the years. I mean, one is is and you pointed out with your training session today. You said, you know, people tend to teach whatever it is they're working on. Uh, you know, that's like the number one beginning instructor mistake that they make." Uh, they, 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 Agree. they talk too much for sure. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I, over the years, I mean, I felt like I, I you know, talked less and less and lessons. I mean, I didn't have to feel like you got to tell everybody everything, you know, in, in the next 30 minutes. And, and then, you know, the other thing is, is when they see somebody do something that's out of the ordinary um you know they they always point to that that thing like you're talking about you know the, the foot coming up but i mean her her foot comes up on every single shot and if you know 90 of them are you know good or 99 of them are good how can that be the problem with the with the 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 one percent i mean it just, <laughs> it just it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense does that's it? very
3: that's very funny it's very funny yeah
2: i mean very, I, you yeah. put it perfect. Yeah. I mean, it just like it always just uh I, I thought that's amazing.
3: Where's the
2: ball going? Yeah. Right? Okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's always my my thing. That's always been my thing. You know, what's what's the ball doing? I mean, I'm just uh, you know, what what can you do to fix the golf ball? I mean, I'm i I'm used to teaching like old school. And old school was I mean, golf schools, where I mean you're you're in a golf school. I mean, you got, I don't know, you know, three, four five minutes with a guy. And you got to make an impression on him, and that impression really needs to be either you got to have a great song and dance or you better <laughs> yeah. you better change the ball flight I mean it's just just that that simple well you
3: you spent a lot of time with John Jacobs, yeah. I was lucky to, to spend time with him and have a few dinners with him, and that was his big things like look at the ball and then come back from that yeah and I think that I think you have to do that as at least part of your teaching philosophy,
2: right. What about what about what everybody's doing today? I mean, there's so and I, you know, you've you've done a good job as a you know old school instructor, but staying on yep. top of all the, the the new technology. I mean, you've done a much better job of that than I have. But um, what about all the, the the technology today, the the way the the game is, is 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 taught today? I mean, give me some of your 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 thoughts on this.
3: Well, we could do a whole show on this. Uh, that's for sure. We could just start with. We could start with TrackMan or launch monitors, and, um, and
2: <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll do that. You know what? We'll we'll tease that. That's what we're okay. going to do. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do that uh, for the next podcast. That's what we're going to do because that's such a big subject. I mean, we, we, we yeah, that's that's perfect because I mean this is this has been fantastic, and we we got we got so much. So we're gonna we're gonna make everybody hang on for for that because I can't wait to hear your your thoughts on on this stuff, Jim
3: good being with you here today hank right. appreciate being on the show buddy. all right buddy. this you. is great all right
2: thanks thanks for tuning into the hank haney podcast listen follow rate and share on itunes on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts and you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com and you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Haney on twitter